man. Come on. The light's green. Let's go. Where is it? Oh, there it is. So your your hometown team finally. That's not finally my hometown, man. I'm not from it's, Orlando. I, it's close enough to you. Nice. Play to work sports. sports. What up, world? Welcome to another episode of Late to Work Sports. As always, I'm your host, Jonathan, with my co-host, Ray Ray. What up, Ray Ray? What's up, John? Here we go. Back at it. What is this, episode 36? Something like that. I don't have enough fingers and toes to count that high, so I've kind of lost track. I out, too. So, with our powers combined, we may be able to get there. So, it's a... been kind of quiet in the sports world for the most part, man. Even with, you know, March Madness and stuff like that, there's not been a whole lot of huge stories, but we got some, uh, we do have some good little topics here, man, and some fun topics. So I'm excited to get into it if you're ready. I'm ready if you are. All right, man. Well, let's get it. All right. So I guess first thing we'll go ahead and we'll talk about uh, the NCAA tournament and kind of. What is all happening there? So, obviously, my Florida versus Florida did not happen. I will say it was the first time in Final Four history that two Florida teams made it. So, that was kind of cool. But uh, first game we had was San Diego State taking on Florida Atlantic. And I'm going to tell you all, if you didn't watch the game, man, you missed a game. Uh, Florida Atlantic... That was their game to lose. They continually let San Diego State come right back into it. They would go up double digits, and San Diego State would come back in. And they'd go up double digits, and San Diego State would come back in. So, At one point, I felt like the refs were getting a lot involved a little too much. There was a total of uh, 17 fouls on each side, so 34 fouls in the whole game. And uh, it kind of bothered me a little bit, but... Looking at them, most of them were were good. There wasn't too many calls that I seen that I was like, mm, I don't know about that, you know. But uh, FAU, so like I said, they they allowed San Diego State to come just continually come back and back. And in the second half, FAU led by fourteen points, Ray Ray. And we all know how it ended. They uh, they went in, they went to do a layup with only a couple seconds left, leading. 71 to 70, went to do that layup, got the shot blocked. San Diego State took it down into the other end. And for the first time in Final Four history, a team that was down shot the ball and won on a buzzer beater to win the game 72-71. So San Diego State didn't play their best game, and they still find a way to win, which is huge. You just can't give up big runs. You can't go on a big run, get a lot of points, and then give up a big run. And lose a lot of points. You know, because if you're going to give up these runs, that's where it's the momentum swing in mm-hmm. basketball, right? I mean, if you're up 15, but you just let the other point or the other team score 10 points, 11 points, you're giving them hope, giving them momentum. Yeah. Especially, you know, your number five team, he's over here ready to set history now to be the only five seed team to, uh, to win it. But you're giving them that, that hope, man. And like we've talked about before, that's all a team needs. They just need to know that they're close. That's they need it. to know that they're still in it. And you just let them come right back in it. You've had all these opportunities to shut the door, and maybe you did shut the door. You just forgot to lock it. I'm gonna tell and you, there was a there was a set of plays. Uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, Ray. No, you're good. You're not interrupting nothing, John. I was gonna tell you, man. There was a set of plays, and and it blew my mind. I was screaming at my TV because the inability to get a defensive rebound on. San Diego State by FAU was mind-blowing. And I don't have the exact number here, but I'll kind of play it out the way it went down. So San Diego State shoots the ball, right? Misses, they get the rebound. They shoot the ball again. Miss, they get the rebound. They go in for a layup, get fouled, right? So now they go to the line. Shoots the first shot, and we'll say he made it. Whatever, I think he made it, right? Gets one point. Shoots the second shot. Misses it. San Diego State gets the rebound. Shoot it, miss it, gets the rebound again. Goes in, gets fouled. 
goes to the line, shoots it, makes the first one, shoots the second one, misses it, gets the rebound again. And it was like FAU just allowed, I'm not even kidding, it was like six or seven rebounds in a row. Yeah, I'm not the best basketball player, but if you give me that many chances and opportunities to score, I'm going to get at least one of them. You have a seven-foot, you know, Russian player on your team, man. The, this kid was all hyped up, and and they just continually could not get the rebounds. And he now, in his defense, he was in foul trouble. But it's like, God, Lee, man. And that was really the demise because I, I think at that point they were down by uh, San Diego State was down. Uh, well, somewhere between eight to eleven points, something like that. But they yeah, went give on them too many opportunities. Th- man, it was nuts. They got like six or seven points during that run. Yeah, you know because they were they were getting shots and then turning them into. It was like I mean, it was like three or four fouls they got. You know, they fouled them at the three point line, so they got to shoot. You know, three point uh, three free throws. I mean, it was just insane watching the score just continually dwindle there. And then you know when FAU would get the ball, it's like they couldn't make it. And I know timeouts are important, but here's what I can understand. You as a coach is watching your team just come unravel. Yep. yep. Why do you not call a timeout and try to well, clear their heads? I just don't get it. Well, especially if you're already up by that much, you you know, you can afford the timeout to not lose the points because you can't afford mm-hmm. to lose the mm-hmm. points. Slow I mean, the pace of the game down. Yeah. It's, you know, it's no different than football. You know, you only get the three, but if a team's driving down the field in the hurry up, okay, maybe we do need to take a second. Maybe we do need to like let everybody regroup. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we're back on our heels. Yeah, and it, now we're playing catch up, and we shouldn't be. And I just I couldn't understand why they just did not do it, man. So, like I said, uh, San Diego State, man, they they did not play their best game, but they did well enough. Um, and they drove down the court with their two top scorers on the bench. And oh boy, shot the shot. And I'm gonna tell you what, man. I watched the shot, and I was like, oh, he's gonna miss it. He's gonna miss it. Nothing but net. Mm. When he released it, he was well, he, did. Jump- he missed. He missed the rim. Yeah, he uh, when he <laughs> released it, man. It was a, it was a tough shot to make. It wasn't just an easy, you know, wide open shot. It was a tough shot, and he couldn't hit it any better. So, you know, hey, kudos to San Diego State. I hope you shoot win it all. So upsetting upsetting so then we roll into UConn versus Miami and I'm gonna be honest with you I didn't think Miami could pull this out but I was really pulling for Miami to pull it out um I did not think Miami was gonna get dismantled like this at all I mean Miami kept it close or doing well the whole time right I mean after blowing out Houston you, you thought they'd be pretty well off after blowing out Indiana and that was their turn I guess UConn said hey sit down let me show you how it's done yeah, well, so I got some, some facts about this game, man. Um, I told UConn led by 20 points in the second, right? From the beginning, Miami never had the lead in the game, and they found themselves down the whole entire time. And it was multiple times that they were down by double digits. They'd get close. They'd even come, you know, right there to take the lead and could not do it. Well, Miami had a field goal percentage of 32.3, while UConn had a field goal percentage of 49.1. Yeah, no, you're not going to win. You can't win with that big of a gap, man. Not only that, UConn's dropping 50% of their shots. Yeah, I mean, so they're guaranteed one and two right now where you're guaranteed brick after brick. Mm -hmm. Not only that. You're building a house. Not only that, if you don't know anything about basketball, normally the person that wins the rebound war wins the game more often than not, right? It's just, uh, it's just a stat. Like, when you rebound, the better rebounding team more often than not wins because you, you, you know, if it's relatively close, that's one thing. But when you legitimately, like, out-rebound right. them, you're not normally beaten because well, the- you're producing second-chance shots and you're also being able to get the ball the other, the other side. You can't out-rebound Miami 41-32. to 32. Yeah, I mean, the comparison there is, you know, just to bring it back home for you, typically, you know, like you just said, the winner of the rebounds is the winner of the game. It's kind of like the winner of turnovers or defensive stops in football is the winner. Controller of the typically. clock. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just crazy that that's where I think the whole saying of defense wins championships 
you know, because you can score all day, but if both teams score all day, it is what it is. But it's up to that defense, those defensive stats, to finally set in and break that pacing and set the differential, set the difference. Well, like I said, UConn has just run through everybody, man. I mean, they have looked like a team that has already won the championship before it even started. So they, they've they just been dismantling everybody's put in front of them. So obviously we have San Diego State and UConn facing off Monday. And I'm going to tell you what, I do feel like San Diego State can compete with UConn. But I have also been wrong a lot in this tournament, like many, many, many other people. That's uh, right. I, I don't feel like San Diego State will win it, though, to be honest with you. UConn feels just unbeatable right now. Um, and as long as they don't buy into their own hype, they'll win. So UConn's closest final scored game was against Miami, and they won by 13. They've won all their game by double digits and more than one by 20-plus points. So my prediction is, unfortunately, if UConn plays their game, they're going to win it. San Diego State, I don't think they're going to be able to play their game against UConn. And uh, because of that, I got UConn winning this 78-66. What is, uh, what is your prediction oh, wow. on this? I didn't know we were getting specific like that. 78-66. That's, that's what I'm going to go with, man. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, so I think obviously UConn is the clear favorite here. Like I stated last time, you know, that UConn has a lot of wins in Texas and with it being in Texas, you know, like history does tend to repeat itself for Mm -hmm. whatever reason, even with this kind of stuff. So I think the edge is easily UConn here. There's no argument to be made for San Diego State, unfortunately. The numbers don't lie. UConn has blown everybody out. UConn has come in and just said, hey, we don't care about anybody. This is our championship to win. Like we're just we're just gonna win it. Does not matter. Whereas you know San Diego State's having to come in and and just about fight in every game, if not fight every game. At least it's it seemed you know in comparison of the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas UConn just seems like they've come in and they just kind of you know slapping people, get back, get back. <laughs> so yeah, my edge is UConn. Uh, there's no other way to go. But again, now that I'm pulling for UConn, uh, San or saying UConn would win, rather, now San Diego, San Diego State will win. I hope San so Diego State wins. That's what, just uh, how it's been. Give me, give me a prediction for score, man. Just throw okay, something score. out. Okay, score. Let think? me uh, let me just run some numbers in my head real quick, you know, looking like, in the, like Zach Galifianakis. Uh, I'm going to say 85 to UConn, and I think San Diego State's going to get embarrassed, and uh, they'll score 68. So I think it'll be close <laughs> to a 20-point. Oh, my God, 17-point difference. Yeah, I was gonna put a little respect on San Diego State's name, but you put no hey, respect. They might on be them. the five seed, okay, and I get it, but at the end, you just just how UConn's been playing, I just don't think it's gonna matter. They don't look like a number four seed in this tournament. I'm gonna tell you that. I'm I'm just saying, look what they did to St. Mary's, the last five seed they played, did not care. Look at Gonzaga, the three seed they played, did not care. Arkansas, the eight seed, did not care. I don't Your think they care who nothing. you are. It doesn't matter who yeah. what jersey you're wearing. They're here to embarrass you. Them jokers only see one thing, and that's net. That's it, man. That's it. Well, speaking of that, because we've been talking about the NCAA tournament for a long time, and I wanted to pose a question to you, Ray Ray. And uh, before I uh, get to to uh, let you throw your your thoughts out here, I'll give you the facts. Oh, but yeah, throw them facts at me. The question is: Is the NCAA tournament? too long now it's 64 teams it was expanded to 64 teams in 1985 so for anybody that's curious right that doesn't quite follow March Madness basically it's four branches and each branch has 16 seeds so obviously 1 through 16 well we're only going to really talk I'm going to give you the facts right away for, for seed 9 through 16 because I think okay, uh, save some time the eight seeds, one through eight, you know, they they are some of the top teams in there. So okay, so you said there's no argument to be made through one through eight. That if I don't, you know, if we could shorten it, you would do one through eight across yeah. the board. I don't okay. think you can shorten it less than eight because you're going yeah. to you're going. I mean, look, a, a, a nine seed did make it this to the final four. So I think if you shorten it less than eight, you're you're cutting out good competition. Yeah. So 
The nine seeds have only reached the Final Four twice, with FAU being the, the second team to do it, and that was this year. The number okay. 10 seed has reached the Final Four once, and that was in 2016 when Syracuse did it. The 11th seed has reached the Final Four five times, the last time coming in 2021 with UCLA. Now here's where we, we start branching off a little bit. The number 12 seed has only reached the Elite Eight two times, and that's Missouri in 02 and Oregon State in 2021. Number 13 has only reached the Sweet 16, and the last time we saw this was 2013. Wow. Number, yeah. Number 14 has only reached the Sweet 16 two times, and number 13 was only one time, by the way. Um, or I'm sorry, number number 13 was was quite a few times, but the last time we seen was 2013. Uh, number 14, like I said, Sweet 16 two times, with Chattanooga doing it the last time 26 years ago. That's just a few. Yeah, I mean, it was only before you were born. Yeah. The number 15 that's seed, right. that's right, <laughs> <laughs> has only reached the Elite Eight one time ever. Well, and so that, that seed's been better than, so you're better off being there than the three in front of you, mm-hmm. statistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And like I said, they re- only reached the Elite Eight once. And the last time was uh 2022 when St. Peter did it. And the number 16 seed has only made it out of the first round twice ever. 2018, and then this year when FDU beat Purdue. So, Ray Ray, like I said, now that you know the bottom half of seeding, okay. is the NCAA tournament too long? Well, John, I think what we have to do is approach this at the name of the tournament anyway. It's March Madness, it's and the madness is, is to be seen as the number 16 seed beat the number one seed, a favorite Purdue, or the number 15 seed beats the number two in Arizona. So I think that's part of the, the fun and the antics is like, why not? And at the end of the day, it's about the dollar sign. It's about the money, you know? Yep. And like we've talked about before, this brings in so much revenue. Why would I shorten it? Why would I kill my revenue? Because shorten it's going to kill the revenue. Correct. It, it just is. So at the end of the day, we're playing one game. That's it, right? Each team goes in its best of one. So win that game, move forward. Yep, I mean, season's so much, one game. Each yeah, season's so, one game. There's so much madness that we're in April to finish off this. You know, I mean, that's how crazy it, it, it is. So I think statistically, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, let's shorten it. You know, there's no reason because your number 16 seed is pretty much guaranteed. You're like, hey, you, you know, you got invited to the dance, but we're not going to let you in the door really like you still don't fit the criteria Correct. but there's the fun in it because after you get to do it this year get to beat purdue i'm sure that made their school a lot of money i'm sure that made the ncaa a lot of money you know that gives them the what's the word i'm looking for the it puts them on the map the exposure it gives it them the exposure them exposure yep so it gives them the exposure you know and um when mm-hmm. they're on that map mm-hmm. i would have never known to use a school you could have told me hey you know Hey, Ray Ray, you know, for $10,000, you know, name this school or, you know, do you know this school? No, nah, man, I couldn't tell you nothing about it. You know, however you want to pose it. And now they're here. Everybody knows about them. Same thing with Princeton. You know, like I was pulling for Princeton for a while. School to see the 15th seed. So to get off my, my rambling, to get off my soapbox <laughs> for you, at, at the end of the day, I'm not shortening it. I'm keeping all the teams because I, as the NCAA, like the money, you know, and as... I'm not big into basketball, but I know that everybody that watches basketball and is into basketball loves how much is going on throughout the week when it first comes on. And I know all the people that like to, you know, put some change on the game love how many games are going on throughout the week and throughout the day. You know, if you love basketball, it's on. You got something. Game just over, new game. So as a true fan of the sport, I would think you would want it to stay the same as well, regardless of the stats. So my take on it is I do believe the NCAA tournament is too long. Not in the aspect of I don't want to watch this many games, but in the aspect of I feel like you're throwing out competition 
that isn't relevant. So I'll, I'll relate it to football, right? So we all like football here. It's kind of like when you have these small no-name colleges and they go play powerhouse colleges in football, right? You bring yeah, in... There's, there's bye days. Yeah, you bring in some college that you paid them, you know, $1.5 million to come just get rolled Hard by roll Alabama, you. Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, these big-name powerhouse colleges. And yes... Every once in a while, magic happens, right? But overall, man, it's it's a slaughter. And I don't enjoy watching those games. Even when it's my team, I only want to watch it for so long. And I'm like, eh, I'm doing other stuff. Because it's just like when I'm sitting there staring at it, it's like, okay. It's kind of like when I play Madden. If I play it on rookie level and I just run through everything and it's like, yeah, cool. I won 80 to nothing. But at some point, it's just like, okay, I'm ready for this game to end. So that's my thought process when it expands. I, I wished it was less than 16, me personally. I'm not saying go to 8, but maybe shorten it to 12, you know, or, or some. I don't, I, don't, I don't exactly have the correct format. I've not dug that deep into it. But I will say, same as you said, the NCAA is never going to change it. And it's not about these small schools getting exposure to them. I about that dollar sign. Yeah, I do like that these small schools get exposure now. Don't don't get me don't get me wrong. I love that they get it because there's these small schools that I hear about, and I'm like, man, I didn't even know that school existed. Like, what is that Colgate this this year? Like Colgate, I didn't, I didn't know, know they was Furman a, was. Yeah, Furman. Like I've heard of Furman a couple of times, but when you hear about it, you're like, what? You know, it always catches you off guard. So I love that these small schools are getting exposure, but I mean, you're sending them to the slaughter for the most part. You yeah, know. but it's, it's you know to kind of continue the argument. It's no different than what you talked about with the feeder teams, with the with the being paid. I mean, those teams accept to go in to get the money, and that's what's good for these. Is so, you know, again, we don't have the numbers in front of us. I don't, but I couldn't tell you how much FDU made for going in and how they can continue certain programs. Because at the end of the day, these colleges, not all of them, I'm they do sure, get money for making the tournament. That is true. Yeah. And I'm not sure if they could continue their sports. You know, there's certain ones. You know, you go to mm-hmm. lower-end colleges that can only teach, that can't do teams because there's not the funding for it. I mean, yeah. obviously teams like Georgia who can't play basketball to save their lives get a basketball team because the other, you know, the, the other football, baseball, and all that's good enough to bring in the revenue. Yep. Yep. So that's where I think why you would really hurt it as in a whole. You'd hurt the student-athletes. You would hurt, you know, all these kids who are trying to – make it from the bottom, who weren't good enough to play for a top 18, you know, but he's good enough to play for the top, you know, he's good enough to play for 15, you know, this 15 seed. And that's his chance, that's his exposure to be able to do something. Obviously, the NCAA is not looking at it like that, but as well as just giving somebody a chance to put their name out there, you'd yeah. be taking that away from them. But like I said, I mean, it's it's been expanded since 1985. That's been almost 40 years. And, and since it's expanded to 64 teams, not a single team between 9 and 16 has ever made it to the championship game. Not a single one. And statistically, very few of them even make it to the Final Four. So that's just my thing, man. I, I Like I said, I do like where you're coming from when it gets exposure for these players, for these teams, and it is, as you said, you know, beating, for instance, an FDU you're expected to go in there and lose. That was the championship. You beat Purdue. Oh, yeah, no, that was won. your championship. You know they're what I mean? Good. So I don't care they lost to FAU. Guaranteed. Yeah, like you that was a that was the best season they've ever had. Yeah, if so, you can't win, you might as well spoil. Yeah. So I do see where you're coming from. I just think I think the NCAA does look at it or the NCAA does look at it like money. Right? Because yeah. it is over a billion dollars they generate from March Madness. So it is a money grab to them. It's to me, it's not about the exposure of these kids to them. It is definitely it's a money not. grab. Um, but me personally, I just think there's a lot of teams that come in here, and it's a lot of games that are just useless. Um, my my personal opinion, right? And it's, I think it's only useless because, looking at it, we can't, we do not have, sixty four teams that are close enough, competitively. To compete, I don't well, think as it, long as we, 
don't think you ever will. But what were you gonna say? No. But as long as you don't go up to what 128 teams, we'll be okay. Well, I, I don't put anything <laughs> past the NCAA, man. So we'll uh we'll jump off that uh soapbox then. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it because I was kind of looking at some stats today. Just wanted to pose that question and kind of also get our listeners out there thinking about it and get their opinion maybe. So uh, we'll go ahead and recap the the XFL this week, man. And uh, we are seven weeks into this bad boy. We got three weeks left. And we have no team that is undefeated and no team that hasn't won at least one game. So Your, your hometown team finally. That's not finally my hometown, man. I'm not from it's, Orlando. I, it's close enough to you. Panama City, like, baby. Panama look, man, City. It's no different than saying if you lived in Alabama, saying the Falcons are your hometown team. It's the closest thing to you. You're going to get what you get, even if you have to drive a few hours to go see them play. No, you're crazy. Yep, That's just the hand you've been dealt. I'm sorry that the Guardians are your team. No, sir. No, sir. Unfortunately, there'd be my team, too. <laughs> so, since we're off that topic, Friday... The Sea Dragons went to play the Renegades. And if you look at stat-wise, it's pretty even. Um, yardage w- was pretty close, uh, total yards. You know, one team outpassed the other team, one team outrushed the other team, but when you add them together, they're pretty close. The league leader in passing yards threw for only one touchdown, but it was the only passing touchdown of the game by either team. And honestly, it was a difference. Seattle, they continue to find ways to win the games, and they advance to five and two after starting off zero and two. The Renegades fall under five hundred at three and four. Final score: Sea Dragons twenty four, Renegades fifteen. We're all into Saturday. We got the Brahmas going to Vegas, and uh, this game both teams entered two and five. At half, it was nineteen to twelve, Vipers. So it was a very close game going in the half. Come out of the second half, San Antonio's defense did their job, but the offense could never score again. Yeah, it's hard to win that way. Yeah, exactly, man. So, you know, the defense came in there and they held the team who scored 19 in the first half to seven points in the second half. But your offense could not find the end zone. Therefore, offense was expected to pick sixes. Uh, yeah, basically, they're expecting the defense to go do everything for them. So, Brahmas lose to Vegas, to the old Vipers, 26-12. to And then we had the later game, and that was the Defenders going and playing the Guardians. Defenders undefeated, Guardians winless. Defeated. Shoot out Central. There was seven passing touchdowns combined between both these teams. 600, or excuse me, over... 600 passing yards through the air. The defenders rushed for 95 yards, and the league leader in rushing yards, Abram Smith, put up 127 rushing yards and a touchdown. The Guardians trailed by the end of the first quarter, and they would take the lead with nine minutes left in the game, but would allow the defenders to get down in field goal range with 26 seconds left. They line up. You're a kicker. Your sole job is to kick. 26 seconds left. This is the game. Earn your paycheck. And he misses. Do you know how far out that kick was there, John? I do not. Do you? Uh, 63 yards. He a 63-yarder? It was a 63-yarder. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> 26 seconds left. Why is he kicking a 63-yarder? I don't know. Oh, man. I, don't, I, don't I didn't know. I didn't, 60... I didn't catch that 63 game. Sixty-three. I was yards. I was man. I was watching other stuff at the time, but I didn't. Hey man, if he hit, if he hits that, these NFL teams with the bat, the kickers that can't hit that, they better come with a contract. Yeah, like hey, big dog. Up. But yeah, man, it was uh, so. DC gets their first loss of the season, while the Guardians get their first win of the season, and this just goes to show that any team can can figure it out in the XFL from week to week. It may take them a few weeks. But they can figure it out. So then we roll into Sunday's game. And that's today because obviously we're recording a day early. And uh, that's the Battlehawks taking on the Roughnecks. 
AJ McCarron. I, I don't know what else to say about this dude. He's the XFL MVP in my opinion. He's having a great season, and he continues a great season. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. The the Roughnecks, their starting quarterback was out, so they have Cole McDonald come in, and to say he struggled was an understatement. They really couldn't get anything going, and the Battle Hawks just continue to cruise, and they win 24-15. to 15, So AJ McCarron's putting up some highlights for his son to watch, man. He really is. Hey. He's doing everything he set out to do. Yeah, he said he also uh, seen something that said this is his most favorite year of football he's ever had. That's awesome. Yeah, Probably because that's the, the Seattle fan base, too. You always call them Seattle. They're going to. I do. Gonna, hey, man, they're going to come after me. You're St. barred Louis. from St. Louis, man. That's they're fine. They're going to bar you from it. Apparently, I'm, I'm a Sea Dragon fan with Ben DiNucci, okay? That's the real MVP. Get out of here, DiNucci. Hey, he just can't throw the ball. He just keeps heaving it up, and Josh Gordon just keeps grabbing it. That's, that's all. all you got to do, baby. That's it. But, hey, you know, they're, they're a kicker that won it. was a 59-yarder, which is the longest field goal in XFL history. Light work. Now, it might have some wind behind it, but that's not his fault. I'm going to tell you there's NFL kickers that can't make 42-yarders. So. Yeah. So I wonder if he'll get a contract. Possibly. have to look at his stats. Yeah. But then again, I mean, as long as he doesn't double-doink it, he should be good, right? Hey, man, there's worse people in the NFL than some 100%. of these XFL kickers. They're, they're willing to take a gamble on these kickers. Oh, yeah. Some of these kickers that are making kicks are going to get a, a call to the to the pros, I guess, to the to the big pros, to the, the NFL next year. Yeah, they're going to get a little bit more money and be a higher-end starting yeah. position. Just a little bit more pocket change. You know, to, uh, to touch base, though, back on the Guardians pulling off their thing, how about putting the team on your back with Quentin Dormady? doing what he did. I don't know if you looked at his stats, but uh, 27 for 34, 328 yards. Three of touchdowns he had were in the air, and the other three on the ground. That dude was trying everything he could to win that game. That man just found out you got a bonus check if you win, <laughs> and he said, well, dang, I need the money. Yeah. <laughs> Can you blame him? How much is that bonus check? Do you know? No, but it's got to be worthwhile. It's, it's I'm going to tell you be, what, if you tell me if it's a bonus, if I, I get extra it, it don't money, matter how much 50, it is. 50000 bro. Bro, I'm playing a game. Yeah, I'm playing a game, money. and you're going to pay me fifty k if I win? You got it. I mean, Even if it's ten k, you got it. Yeah, I don't know if it's that much, though, because that's, that's probably some of their salaries. I mean, AJ said he's making, I think, 100000 or roughly as a quarterback. I don't have to look it up, man. That's, that's a stat I'd like to look up. But either way, I, you're going to give me extra money? I'm down for it. The defenders uh, just realized that they, they can't bank on that dollars. paycheck no more. It's a thousand? So it says uh the ESPN has reported that XFL players should earn five thousand dollars per week with a thousand dollar bonus per win. So I'm you okay could, with that. You can make sixty K a year playing the XFL in a ten week span. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Hey man, that's a thousand dollars. That's a thousand more to have than if I you know, it makes winning even sweeter. And losing 100%. even more bitter. Like, even Dang. if you gave me $100 more, man. Hey, man, you know. I win oh, and yeah, get a little right. extra money? Like, okay. You well, it. you know, the defenders were sad. They were used to that. They already probably went in, spent that 1000 on credit, and was like, <laughs> it's okay. We're going to win this game. I'll just be able to pay it right on off. You know they thought they were going to win that one. Oh, I'm yeah, sure 100%. Did. And that's probably why they also lose it, because you get into your own heads. They were favored nine and a half points on Ouch. the spread. So there were some people that thought they had easy money there. Easy and upset. money. Oh, yeah. No, and the Guardian said, no, no, no. You bet on <laughs> us. Today's Not the today. day. Well, uh, uh, yeah. speaking on a, another team that's just running through, and I don't know if they're believing their own hype or not, but we'll transition this over to the NHL, and that is the National Hockey League for you non-hockey fans. The Bruins are just doing it all this year. So they just set the record franchise for most points in a season with 123 points. And the most points ever scored in a season, for anybody that's curious, is 132 points by the Montreal Canadiens. So the Bruins are continuing to break record after record after record this year. They also still have six games left to obtain... Nine points, you could They're say, to tie it. 25. Huh? 
They're sitting at 125 right now. Oh, well, there you go then. There you go then. So at this earlier, they were sitting at 123 when I looked it up. So there you go. Now they're at 125. So they're seven points behind their record. They got five, six games left to break it. I think they're going to break it. I mean. Yeah. And well, and with goals and assists counting as points, like mm-hmm. that's a lot of game left for them to get get that with the with the run they're on, right? I mean, if you think about points, the closest person to them in the Atlantic Division at the Maple Leafs is 25 points down. They're at 100. And then in the Metropolitan, it's the Hurricanes at 107. I mean, they are truly, like we've talked about before, back when Brandon was here, in a league of their own. Because mm-hmm. on the flip side in the Western Conference, the Central Division, the Wilds are at 97, and the Golden Knights at the Pacific at 101. So it's like we talked, they are truly on the pedestal. They're they're men among boys right now out there playing. Hundred percent, they really are. So they're nine and one in the last ten games. Mm. Who they, who they lose to? Who they lose to? Uh, they're on a three game win streak right now with their loss coming to the Predators on March twenty eighth, two to one. Mm. Okay, okay, Preds, huh? Well, here's the thing, man. Record-wise, right, they have arguably the easiest path to the semifinals. So right now, if nothing changes, right, they'll 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 have to play the Florida Panthers initially, and then they're going to go in and they'll play, uh, and that's it. The playoffs are in today, and they're going to go in and they'll they'll play either winner of Toronto or Tampa. Now, expertise-wise, right, experience, all that. The only team that's went deep in the playoffs in the last five years are the Tampa Bay Lightning. The other two teams that they're going to play get bounced in the first or second round. Most of the time, the first round, if they even make it. So these people don't know what it's like to play down, to play best of seven. To I mean, really, I mean, maybe one or two people do on their team, but as a team, as an organization, recently, they don't understand what it's like, right? So I do believe this year we will see somebody besides the Lightning making the finals in the Eastern Conference side of things. And it does pain me to say that because I am a Lightning's fan, but if if the Lightning get past the Bruins, if the Bruins lose to the Panthers, I would be floored. But if the Lightning do get past the Bruins, to me, would be wild to see. Because like I said... The Bruins are just, I mean, they're just running through everybody in their way. So I honestly think it's their cup to lose this year. I mean, with the way they've been playing, you know, there's no such thing as a safe bet. But you could almost put the house on the Bruins at this rate mm-hmm. and be guaranteed something back. And I, think, just, I think they're definitely getting to the finals. I mean. they'll Yeah, they'll play for the cup. I, I think so, man. I don't I don't know anybody that's really going to stop them. If, if they go that far, they're just going to win it. Because, again, the Eastern Conference is the competition. That's that's the biggest competition they're going to have. I mean, the Western Conference just isn't as strong. I mean, the team, yeah, they lost to was on the Western. But their win-loss is 38-29 at 84 total points to the Bruins' win-loss of 60-12 and 12 they at the 125. A yeah, fluke happens. I mean, best of seven, though. That's why we do best of seven. Good luck. Yes, yeah. I mean, sixty for twelve. I mean, you're almost winning six. What is that? Six to one? Really? So I'm going to win. Really close to it. Five. You're winning what? Five to one? Right about that? Five to one? Said sixty to twelve, right? Yeah, the seventy-seven games played. Uh, Yeah. So either way, end of the day, it's like you said, it's a fluke, and in a series where it's the best of whatever, and it's Mm -hmm. not just one game played, best of three, best of five, best of seven, doesn't matter. At this rate, they're guaranteed to keep winning. Like, okay, I can drop a game. Who cares? Yeah. Statistically, we're going to win the rest. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Like, they, they can't seem to be stopped, really. So, Well, then the other question is how hard are we playing at this end of the season? Like, are we, you know, are they going to play hard enough to chase the trophy or to chase the record and then just put in the C League, you know, the C string guys, whatever? Because. Now we're just going to put around. There's no reason for anybody to get hurt because now we're playing for the trophy. So that obviously that's going to matter here at the end. Uh, it's definitely more important to get the trophy. 
in the end, right? right? If you're not hoisting the cup, what's the and point? you on the record, yeah, what's the point? So I definitely, you definitely get to eat the cup. So, so I can see the gas coming off too. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna see the starters play less minutes. Yeah. Because they've already won the presidential cup. They already, I mean, they've already submitted their seed. Like everything's locked in for them. Nothing's gonna change. So I definitely can see the starters playing less. You don't want to bench them completely because then they're gonna get yeah, rusty. They gotta, yeah, we and they're they're. But then again, do you really want to mess with it because they're meshing and they're firing? That's true too. You may throw it off. So I don't know, man. That's uh. Luckily, I'm not in that position. I don't have to make that call. Yeah, that is hard to manage. You know, when you think about that, is if I sit them, is it worth sitting? You know, am I going to mess with their mojo that's going on? Am I going to hurt them? And somehow, if I play them, are they actually going to get hurt? Are they going to be mm-hmm. out? And then it's all for nothing. And then I'm going to think, man, I should have sat them. But you know, to to kind of argue with your cup, there, the uh, the the counter argument would be, well, everyone's going to remember me if we're the highest pointed franchise. I mean, because that's a history book in of its own. You know, the season already has been, but that's, you know, that's the icing on a cake. But if you win the whole Stanley Cup, that's the whole cake. That's the whole thing. Yeah, but if you they know, if they set that record and they lose, it'll be just like the Atlanta Falcons playing the Patriots. Nobody remembers we had the fourth highest scoring offense in NFL history that year. Nobody remembers remember any we had the number one. Huh? You'd remember if it was the highest scoring, you'd be like, "Wow, Atlanta really lost the Super Bowl with the best offense to ever play in the NFL." That's what I'm saying. Even it, that's what they'll be remembered as. It'll be one of them things like, "Wow," and you can't get it done. So you still in the books. I I you think you still in the books. I think you got to get the Stanley Cup, man, over that. I think there's more pressure if they get that record. There's more pressure for them to get the Stanley Cup. Even without getting the record, the pressure's still there. I don't think at this point you can't get much more pressure. They're already there. It does not matter. That's true. I will. We'll have to just see how it goes. I mean, the playoffs start real, real soon. So, and playoff hockey's different, man. It's different. You know, your season is seven games at a time at most. Anything that you put into a best of series. It becomes different. different, yeah. When you keep playing the same team day in and day out, that's that's different in itself. Versus like you know baseball, we might have the the stints of three games here, four games here, two games mm-hmm. here, but you know even it's a lot different when it's like you in the postseason when that time comes and yep. these games really matter. True. You know, versus in the NFL where it's this is another game. Playoff in the NFL is just another game. You got to win it. There's there's no bad games. You can't have a bad game. I agree. I agree. You so. can afford it in, in these. You can have a bad game. You just can't have a bad series. That'll be what we see happens. I don't think they'll have a bad series. My first no, opinion, so. I don't think so either. Well, let's roll into the uh, the collective bargaining agreement updates with the NBA and the NBA uh, Players Union. So they made a couple changes, um, and I got two of the big ones here. There's there's other ones, but these two are the ones that to me are the biggest. So, first off, the NBA is curbing the ability of high spending teams such as Golden State and the Los Angeles Clippers to continue running up salary and luxury tax spending while still maintaining mechanisms to add talent to the rosters. So, the league is also implementing a second salary cap apron, seventeen and a half million dollars over the tax line. And those teams will lose several key building mechanisms, including taxpayer mid-level exception, utilizing cash in trades, moving first-round picks and drafts that are seven years away, signing free agent players in the buyout market, and taking on more money than is being sent out in trades, is what sources are saying. So that's a lot of stuff in there to kind of digest, right, if you're not real big into that world. And honestly, when it comes to that, I'm not. So that's that's a little more than just a game of basketball. But basically, what the NBA is hoping is that this will be a measure to bring more uh, more of like a balance, a competitive level. Uh, they want to increase opportunities for the majority of teams to bring talent on. The NBA originally wanted to do a hard cap limit, kind of like the NFL does. 
but the union rejected that. I personally wished they would have because I think it does to me. I think the the hard cap limit does benefit all teams, small markets, big markets, everything. So I wish they would have done it, but they chose not to. But I do think to me, this is a win in my book. It's going to be key. It's going to help teams. Of course, Golden State, you know, uh, Draymond Green's, you know, crying about it, of course, because it's going to affect your team. Your team's out there spending money, but you have these smaller franchises like the Indiana Pacers who just don't don't have the revenue. Well, then, yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Don't do nothing to us. Yeah. So this is going to be better for those teams like that. So I do like this. And then the other big one, man was that they put in a required of 65 a requirement of 65 games to be eligible for postseason awards like MVP and all NBA teams. This is to help fight that low management problem that is plaguing the the NBA right now. And it's a 82 game league. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean so that's 17 games you can sit out for your yeah. load management or that you can miss. Mm-hmm. That's great. I think it's good. It's good for basketball, it's good for sports, it's good for competitiveness. The whole yeah. thing is I like it. I think the old stars, the ones like LeBron James and them, they don't really care. This is not going to affect them. We're still going to see load management from them. You know, yeah. um, I, I, I'm not going to go name dropping because I don't know all the people that do load management off the top of my head. I do know LeBron James is one of the big ones. Uh, Kyrie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Kyrie, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, they don't really care about these awards, man, you know, at this point. I, I mean, maybe if they've never won an MVP, they might care. Yeah, but most of these dudes, their accolades are already enough. They've already been there. They've already established that. their name. Yeah. yeah. So I think now I'm uh, 41 years old. I just want to win it all. I don't think this is going to help next season. I think it's going to take a few years for the older stars to start kind of going out, and these newer stars who are trying to come and establish themselves. This is where it's really going to start affecting them. They're going to understand that they have to, you know. I may not be in the running to win the MVP, but on all NBA is a big deal on my resume. I need to earn that, so I got to keep playing. So I do like it. I do think it's a step in the right direction. I just think it's going to take time for us to see it. But what uh, what do you think about the? I I could tell you like the load management so, counter there. What do you think about the other one? Well, it'd be hard for me not to like the load management to touch on it, considering that the times we've talked about it, I've complained about it and how it's ruining basketball. I think. Mm-hmm. Just because it's dumb, you're you're getting paid to play. We're paying you to play. Go play. <clears throat> so that go ahead and throw that question back at me now, and I'll I'll actually answer it for you. How do you feel about the NBA putting these mechanisms in place to counter these teams that are just willing to just throw? You know, they have a a multi over way over multi billionaire running the team, and they're willing to just throw massive money out at. It. Meanwhile, you got maybe a team owning a, 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 a or a team of people owning a, a small franchise, right? And they can't afford to throw that kind of money out. So now their franchise just suffers. This mechanism is put into place to kind of counteract okay. that. So what do you feel about that? Do you feel like teams should be allowed to spend whatever they want? And if you don't have the money, too bad. You shouldn't own the team. Or do you feel like this is going to benefit all teams by now and maybe the game by making them more competitive? So I'll put it this way. Uh, if I were to put 100 people in a line, I could probably find you 10 or so Golden State fans, probably another 10 Lakers fans. I probably wouldn't find a Pacers fan until I put 500 people in there. And then even then, I may not find a Pacers fan. And what I mean by that is there's that's revenue, right? And again, revenue is what matters because who cares if I spend $10 million over budget if I just sold another $30 million in jerseys? Mm-hmm. You know, so now that's going to pay for itself. Or me as an owner, like you said, if it's billionaires owning it, I want this ring. I want this accolade. I got so much money, I don't know what to do with anyway. You know, not saying this is Dallas, but Mark Cuban's a mind, you know, a name that comes to mind. Whereas Mark Cuban is obviously a proven moneymaker. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to, what does it matter to him if he wants to throw more money into his team? Because it's kind of like a hobby. You know, it's another business, of course, but it kind of yeah. can be, you know, good business owners can take money from one side to make the other business more successful so at the end they can make more money as a whole so it is kind of cheap and it is kind of dirty to do that because at the end of the day the root of it should be competitiveness and it should be about how can we make it i wouldn't say fair or even but it should be 
the same across the board. So that's why I like how the NFL, how you mentioned, you know, has this hard cap. Like, nope, this is this is where it's at. And it's hard to say that because from baseball, you know, there is no cap. Mm-hmm. But but baseball in itself has also shown it recently. It does not matter who you are or what team you are. You can win it. And I say that because the Braves aren't very big on spending money. They've won it. The Kansas City Royals aren't very big on spending money. In 2014 or around there, they've won it. You know, these smaller ones have. But you're always going to find people that try to manipulate the system or shift money around. You know, because yep. you got, like we've talked about, L.A. spending all kind of money. Houston's doing their thing. But uh, to bring it back to basketball, to bring it back to what you asked me, I like it. We'll see how it really pans out. We'll see if it makes a difference. I think what you said makes a lot of sense that these old heads, they don't care. If I'm LeBron James, I don't care. What's another MVP to put up on the shelf? I yeah. don't. You're still going to pay me all the money I want. I'm 41. I'm 40. However old he is, I'm up here. I don't want 87. Yeah, 87 games. Okay. No, 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 no. His age. Oh, oh yeah, 87. Okay. <laughs> Threw me off there. Woo. I'm back. Hey, I've been fighting a sinus infection. Okay, so that's why I sound like this. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. I'm all over the place. We're still doing this for the people. So... <laughs> Yeah, but at that point, I don't care. You're still going to pay me my money. I'm an old man. I don't want to be out here playing all these games. Especially my money and I want it now. If you're still going to pay me this money, at the end of the day, if I make it to the finals, maybe I'll finally put on my, my knee brace, slap on some Icy Hot, pop an Advil, and get out there, right? Tiger Bomb. Yeah. That's the secret. At, after throwing back of that Advil with probably a rip it or something. Yeah, who knows? What who, are we knows? kicking it back to uh, old school Marines now? God, hey, it's man. all it's all about hate and caffeine. All about to rip it. <laughs> yeah, I like it too, man. I like it too. I think it's going to make the NBA more competitive. Nobody wants to see the same teams competing over and over and over for the championships. So it gets boring. It does get boring. So I, I felt hope like this is going to shake it up over time. So I like it. Was it the past five years you could have bet that Golden State would make it to the finals and you would have won every time? So yeah. It's, it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be that. No. It should not be day in day out. This team is winning. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's roll into our last topic for the for the show then. And uh, already, yeah, man, we got to talk about a little baseball. That's uh, going on. Oh yeah, the great American pastime. So it's been a good start so far. You know, um, teams have started off well. We just seen earlier today. The Atlanta Braves finally fall, so they were uh, they were undefeated up until then, and they uh, they finally finally fell. Um, for our off the air comment, when you asked if three innings was a lot of baseball left, I will go ahead and tell you, uh, I guess three innings is a lot of baseball left because the Rangers went on to uh, take it from being up two to one to winning the game sixteen to three against the Phillies. So I guess it was a lot of baseball left. That's a lot of baseball. So, <laughs> so now we have three unbeaten teams remaining, and that is the Tampa Bay Rays, the Minnesota Twins, and the Texas Rangers. So first off, out of those three teams, let me go ahead and ask you, Ray Ray, who do you have remaining unbeaten the longest? Uh, out of those teams, the best team is the Rays. But I'm going to just go ahead and say the Rays. I don't care who they're playing, just in comparative – I'm not giving it long for the Twins, and I'm not giving it long for the Texans or the Rangers. I keep saying that to uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to go down. Hey man, it's Texas team. They know what they're talking about. They all about anybody. I I think also the Rays. Um, and here's why. First off, the Rangers over the next week have to play the Orioles. The Orioles are not a bad team. At least not starting at out, all. they're doing nope. they're doing very very well for themselves. The Twins have to play the Astros. Say what you want about the Astros, but they just won the ring last year, so. They're obviously not a bad team. The Rays, over the next week, had to play the Tigers, the Nationals, and the Athletics. Now, in the games, and I did this earlier today, um, so obviously the Nationals, the Tigers, the Athletics, they've all played but today. But when I, when I did the stats earlier, through the first three games they had played, the Tigers, Nationals, and Athletics, had combined allowed 44 runs and only scored eight runs. That's nine games. They've allowed 44 runs and only scored eight. So I think the Rays definitely have the best chance to remain the MLB's last undefeated team. Um, 
they don't have any competition for the first week. Now, now that's not saying that one of these teams can't turn it on and, and you know the Rays lose their next game, but I think they have the best chance. Those Man, three it's baseball, they're not they're not gonna make it. No one's gonna much go longer. Well, they're not gonna make it. No one's gonna usually get to double digits and not lose a game. And just no. uh, not not to hurt you, but to kind of fix your ego, what we talked about the sixteen to three was yesterday. It was still two to one today. So maybe it wasn't a lot of baseball. Wins, oh man, did I look at the wrong game? You might have. That's okay. Why you put me out there like that, man? Huh? Because somebody else is gonna put you out there like that. Look, if, who would you rather it be, me or a stranger? If I don't put you out there like that, you gonna come at me later talking about, man, why didn't you correct me? Why didn't you help me out? I definitely would. I definitely would. Yeah, but. Exactly. So let's just go. <laughs> let's go throw it out there. Yeah, I, I had it. With it. I had it set on uh, April first. <laughs> so April Fools, everybody, y'all fell hey, for it. It's, yeah, it's just a late. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. So like I stated before, uh, three innings is not a lot of baseball left, in my opinion. Hey, get in the Discord, get on the Facebook, Instagram. I don't care. Y'all go tell him three, three <laughs> innings is a lot of baseball left. <laughs> but yeah, man, I uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing in the baseball so far. My Padres, I watched them play. I'm loving this pitch clock. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, I'm loving it. I watched it today. I couldn't take my eyes off the game. I was trying to do other stuff, and I kept Can't missing it, and to. I was so upset. Can't afford to take your eyes off. No. There's there's becoming, I'm not going to say action per se, but there is becoming. consistent action. Yeah, there is becoming yes. stuff happening where you have yeah. to be watching. You know what I mean? It's not like yes. he, may, he, may, he may not hit that ball. He may throw the ball, and he may not hit yep. it. But that's now a, a, a ball or a strike, and now it's like, oh, okay. Ooh, how do they get down already? They're o two o and two. Yeah. What? What's like so. we talked about before coming on the air? You know, that I would go to Braves games and I would get tired of watching a man look at a man waiting for that man to throw a baseball. <laughs> I love how you worded you know, that. A man look at a man. You gotta make it a little awkward, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, golly, man, like what's going on? And I check my phone because I'd get some kind of notification. Boom! Oh, what just happened? I missed something. Oh, he got out. I was like, oh my goodness, it took forever. But now you're like, I can't afford to do it. That's why I'm I'm waiting because this next episode we talk about, I'm going to be talking about how the Padres are going to get smacked by the Braves you better when quit I it. go you're to gonna, those games. You're going to cry, cry, cry. No, Yo, when sir. I go to San Diego in a couple months, I'm going to catch every game I can. Brandon, we need to talk. <laughs> but He's not even your friend. He ain't going to talk to you. Hey, you shut your mouth. He'll talk to me. <laughs> I, I, we, we're getting him a California. I made the California logo. Don't you start with me. Just for him, yeah. Just for well, not just for him, but uh huh. But he's one of them. He's one of your. He's one of yeah. the people I had in mind. <laughs> well, I thought of you during this. But it's not just for you. <laughs> well, that's the end of the show, man. Oh, you know what? Hold up, hold up, hold up. I want to get back to baseball real quick. <laughs> the one team here that needs to be talked about that we have not talked about, and, and we may need to check on our, our friends here, um, if you have any. Philly Philly fans, are y'all okay? Y'all doing all right there? Y'all's uh y'all's team has yet to win. And I know there's still a lot of baseball left. But that's not a good look, man. You know, and I hate it for America's baseball player right now cuz you had Trey Turner going out there putting the team on his back and doing what it took. And now he's just getting, you know, he's getting molly whopped. Just getting molly whopped out there. He just can't catch a dead on break. <laughs> I don't know where man. I heard that word from. That word sounds funny though. So molly whopped. <laughs> well, uh, now I'm done with this. So let's get to our. Are you sure? Don't don't tempt me. Okay. You, you know my yeah, brain. Don't tempt me. I know. I know um, that, You'll keep talking for another twelve hours. Stop it. These people don't know me like that. Stop it. Um, what's your what's your fact of the week, man? My fact of the week. So the greatest relief pitcher ever, Mariano Rivera. In the playoffs, he was untouchable. 96 appearance and only 11 earned runs given up in his postseason career. God. That is unreal. I mean, you're not... You might as well just go and consider yourself out, I guess. So uh, it's more common for a person to walk on the moon than for Mariano Rivera to give up a run in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, I love how you always like link it to like, these off-the-wall statistics. Yeah. That's my favorite. Like, 11 earned runs. 
Tom Brady is more won. likely to uh, what is it make or win a Super Bowl than Steph Curry is to make a three, something like that. Uh, yeah, 40, uh, Curry's current three point percentage is forty three percent, whereas Tom Brady has played twenty full twenty full seasons and has reached the Super Bowl nine times. <laughs> That's forty five percent of Brady's seasons he's made it to the Super Bowl. His full seasons, yeah. Yeah. Well, I got a stat for you, man. Since we're talking about football and basketball. And I know we did not talk about uh, the NCAA or NCAA tournament for females, but Caitlin Clark, they went out, they played LSU, her uh, her Iowa team there, and they lost. But but she's got some uh, some accolades to hang her hat on. So so Iowa's football team, right, right, right last year. All season long, they scored 235 points. So, I don't know how many games they played. But Iowa's got a football team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so they scored 200. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're horrible for that. They scored, like I said, 230 points. Caitlin Clark. This postseason alone scored over 260 points in postseason play. She scored more than the whole entire Iowa football team scored all season long last year. Hmm. That's pretty neat. That That's impressive still. That is impressive. Well, that is impressive. Shocks. Yeah, and, and I mean, she also had multiple games. She's the only player in NCAA tournament history with back-to-back 40-point games. So, she's just out there. That's that's impressive. It does not matter. It does not matter gender. It does not matter age. It doesn't doesn't matter matter anything. She's out there just destroying people. Yeah, no. She made the court hers. 100%, man. And and she balled out in the game. Um, She has nothing to be ashamed of. They did get beat down 102 to 85. That's right. The SEC brought it back home at the end of the day. LSU won their first championship ever. Yeah, yeah that was your team. You're you're now a Go Tiger person because of that Go Burr. I, I do kind of like me some LSU Tigers now. Sort of. <laughs> Maybe I play with them on uh, NCAA football. But, um, Ray, Ray, you got any shout outs this week? You know, I should. I was about to shout my dad out for his birthday again. Uh, so I will, though, because, again, hey, you know, that's my pops. So I love him. Uh, my best man, Andrew, had his birthday uh, right after my pops. So that's kind of messed up that I didn't shout him out. Wow. To, you know, hey, man, I have a lot. I had a lot going on, okay? You might be my best man, but you ain't my daddy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't <laughs> my old man. Uh, I heard a song <laughs> called that once that said that. But, uh, no, nah, man, other than that, I haven't really been anywhere. Uh, haven't gone to any small town ones. I know I've let some people down on that one. I'm sure somebody wants to hear it. But uh, I'll be sure to visit them again next week. All right, all right. Well, uh, I'd say I don't really have too many shout-outs, uh, or really probably any shout-outs that I can think of. Um, I am heading home tomorrow, so that's why we're recording uh, tonight. So I'm heading home to uh, Panama City of Florida. So uh, I'm excited to go back and see all of my Florida family. Um, so I guess the only people I'm going to shout out, man, is uh, is my Florida people, all my Florida family that I'm going home to see. So, you know, my mom, my dad, you know, my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, uh, you know, sister-in-law, nephew, brother, you know, all those people. Just there's a lot. I'm not even going to try to name them all, but you know, all the people I'm getting ready to go see, I'm super excited. Got some, uh, got some fishing trips planned. Got a, a night with the kids planned. Going to go watch, um, that new super Mario movie with, the, with the two oldest kids. So I'm just excited, man. Uh, well, just excited to go see that's the family. Sweet. Yeah, man. So, so no shout outs really per se, but just, uh, say what's up fam. And, and I'm excited to come home and see everybody. Well, uh, well, hey, John, you know, I hate to cut things short, but I'm just pulling up to work. I'm late about 15 minutes. What else uh, the shift that? manager looks like he's about to come out here and shoot me a new <laughs> one. 
So real quick, uh, what we forgot, I'd like to shout out our top two Facebook fans of Landon Sheets and Tay Williams. Thank y'all for supporting us. But uh, I, I, I got to go, man. I got to hang up. I see him coming. All right, man. Hey, also shout out to everybody that listened to the episode this week. We, we, we hit a huge milestone, so appreciate that. But I got nothing. Ravy has got nothing. So with that, we out. See ya. Thank you.